Jesus, yes, finally. We're talking about the person who exemplifies what mission is all about. He held the believers accountable and held all others in love, grace, and the beauty of simple teaching. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Biblical missionaries, I would like to welcome my three lovely guests. Thank you for being here today. Please introduce yourself. Tell us your name and what do you enjoy most about outreach? My name is Angela, and I'd say what I enjoy most about outreach is seeing the different ways that God interacts with people. Everybody has a very different experience of how he reached them and the path that he's taking them on. Thanks, Angela. I'm Rob. Um, I think the, the thing that I get the most joy out of is when you find common ground with people, mm. um, maybe people who you expect to be very different from you, but then you, you just find so much in common. Thanks, mm. Rob. Feels good. Thanks, Rob. Welcome. Thank you. And my name is John, and what I enjoy most about outreach is really being able to make a difference in someone's life. Um, it, it, it makes you feel like you're doing, you know, so much, you know, more just, you know, with the very little that you are really able to do, so. Yeah. Thanks, John, and welcome. Rob, I'm going to ask for you to read the scripture, and then, John, will you pray for us? Sure. Thanks. All right, no problem. This is John chapter 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. All right, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to discuss your will and your word, Father, that Jesus was the ultimate missionary, Father. So guide our discussion and help us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Bless God. Jesus, the master of missions. I don't know who's bigger or better <laughs> in this whole mission work than Jesus. So let's get started. From what we have learned thus far this quarter about mission, how does Jesus himself demonstrate the role of the missionary? <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird to think about Jesus demonstrating that role because he... He sort of is that. Mm -hmm. Like, we try to emulate him. Um, I just can't imagine him emulating somebody else or demonstrating some concept that's, like, separate from what he is. Because I think he just is the concept. He is a missionary. He's mm -hmm. the missionary. And I, and I also think, you know, more than just the fact that he is, when you look at what he's done, uh, you look at how Jesus would see a situation and he would go straight into it. There wasn't, you know, he, you know, after, you know, having sought, you know, guidance from, from God, you know, after going into the wilderness or going to pray, you know, he would go straight into the, the task at hand. You know, he would see someone who was in need and he would immediately make an impact. And I think that's something very important uh, to understand as a missionary is that we, we need to go straight to where the people need, need assistance, yeah. you know, and, and understand what they really need. You know, sometimes we, we think people need one thing, but they need something else. For instance, you know, if you're going around and, and you're, you know, you 
are working with people and you find out that someone needs, di you know, a mother needs diapers, you know, instead of just saying, hey, I can pray for you, go get some diapers, <laughs> you know, go do something. It's, mm. it's not just about spiritual, but it's also about action. Mm. You know, he fed, the, he fed the people with, you know, with the fish and the loaves and it's action. You know, it's not just all, you know, talk and, 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 and prayer, but it's action. What I always found interesting about that, John, when he was addressing people's needs, is he, okay, the one person that knows exactly what this person is going to need still stops and asks them. Very rarely do we see him going up and saying, you need to be healed, or you need food, or you need water. But he approached people and would say, what are you doing here? You know, what do you need? Why are you here begging? Why are you coming? You know, he allowed people to interact with that and to express to him what they felt they need. And a lot of times he would address that and say, now let me tell you what you really need. Now that we've taken care of this, let's take it a little bit deeper. So it wasn't him just coming up and imposing his, his mission on them, but letting them accept it and ask for it in different ways. Yep, mm. I, I agree with that because when when you think about when you're how you deal with people, if there's something blocking them from hearing the message, you know God has to be able to remove those things, and so Jesus does that routinely, <clears throat> as you said. He he removes the barriers from hearing the tr the gospel message yeah. and hearing the the message of salvation and hope, uh, and and it, it's I'm trying to remember where I'm going with this. <laughs> That's but, okay. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I really feel like it's, it's very important. And, and Jesus gives people a chance to tell their story because so often, you know, people who are being helped don't get to tell their story. They, they just, you know, receive aid. You know, they're, they're receiving whatever help they're getting, but, they're, but no one's actually listening to them and taking the time to care about them as a person. And I think that's the other part of, of Jesus asking people, well, what do you need? Is he wants, to, wants people to understand that he cares about your story mm -hmm. and not just... Here's, here's something that you need, here's something else you need, all right, have a nice day, but I wanna know you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just four of us sitting here and we could go on and on. I mean, I'm here at stuff and I'm like, I wanna go back to that first point, even still about Jesus is missionary, not demonstrating or he is like, his purpose even coming here was to do for us. So like his whole birth was to do and to give even in salvation and just going even from that first point, I don't even know where to go with the other points, which is just amazing. <laughs> but he, his whole point, like he is mission. He is to help. He is to do for us. But yet in that process, he doesn't impose. Yeah. He gets a chance. I, I liked what you said as well there about he asked because everybody didn't receive Right. his message. Everybody didn't take from it. You know, the rich ruler, this was like, well, I'm going to take my money and I'm just going to go. I'm not going to give up mm -hmm. some stuff. He asks so that we can come to the realization because he knows what it is we need. And as missionaries, as we go out to the world, we cannot beat people over the head and, you know, send them to, you know, a heaven or... to you beat them over the head. <laughs> <laughs> Or, and, and probably imprisonment. Um, but, you know, we have, to, we have to share the message in a way that allows people to decide mm -hmm. what it is that they want to do because at the end of it, it, it is really a choice. Y'all just went so much with that. I truly, truly like that. But I'm going to move the, to the next one. We could stay there for a long time. Jesus said, 
I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. He said that in Matthew 15, 24. How do we understand these words in the context of the universal scope of missions as a whole? <laughs> now, when I first read that and, and I looked at that and I said, wow, you sent to the Jews first. And I thought about it and I said, man, because I, I you know, in my walk, I hadn't gotten to that point of understanding what that really meant, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, the Jews, they were, they were the original chosen people. So God wanted them to be the example or the model for everyone else to follow. And I think that's really important because, you know, as the Bible talks about, we, we as Christians are to be a model for the world to, to look at and to see and to say, I want to emulate them. I want to be like them. I want to know what makes them so different. You know, I encounter that in my daily walk with Christ. You know, there's, you know, a, a good uh, coworker and acquaintance I know who saw the difference in my life, saw the change and decided, hey, can you pray for me? You know, I'm going through a tough time. Here's what's going on. Can you pray with me? And it became that opportunity for, for to reach out, you know, mission. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's all about what the mission is and, and, and understanding that. Uh, this... This um, saying from Jesus comes from a kind of a weird story where he's talking to this woman. Um, she's a Gentile woman, and it it's, seems almost like banter between the two. I, I don't think it's, it's kind of weird to think that, or to say that Jesus said something he didn't mean because, well, I don't rule that out. I think he did that. I think he played with people sometimes. In a good way. In a good way. To In a make good a way to make him think. Right. right. But he knew, he always knew his audience. So he knew, he knew that she would roll with it. And she does. This is where he says, well, I don't know if you want me to read the whole read thing. Read it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, right. He says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. So she wasn't totally turned off by that. Mm -hmm. He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, even, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So it seems like he was like provocatively getting a conversation going with her um and and she that was like she grooved with that or something i actually had that same type of concept rob and i think i'm glad you brought it out because i was going to say it but you said it which i'm happy for i kind of felt it was a little bit of sarcasm yeah and a little bit of a test i mean we know at times jesus would He's been able to, especially with like, you know, the Pharisees and so forth. He's like, if you can't answer it, I'm not going to answer it either. You know, when they ask questions. So we know that he, he's, he's able to, to roll with things and he knows his audience and he knows what he's talking about. But in this context, I kind of felt that it was a bit of a test to see mm. how much does she want him? How much does she need him? Is she going to recognize that? And she did because it said that she came and worshipped him, even though initially he was kind of like, well, this is what it's for. But she wanted him so much and what she knew, the power that he has and who he was, that she said, 
that's not, whatever you said is not enough to get me off target. I need this healing for my daughter, and only you can do this. So I'm going to take, listen, I'll take the crumbs. And from that, it expanded her faith, well, showed and demonstrated her faith, and that was what was the ability to be able to heal her daughter. So I kind of got that it wasn't really more of a, was it about, per se, the lost sheep and who was to get it first, even though there's other parts of Scripture that kind of talks about the order. And when, you know, when he talked to the disciples and said, I don't want you to go to the Gentiles yet. I don't want you to do this yet. Stay here and preach among here. But for this scriptural context, I felt it was a little bit different. And I think it's important to remember that, like you were saying earlier, John, when he says, preach to the Israelites, you know, when he reaches out to the Israelites, there's a purpose behind it. It's not so that nobody else gets it. It's so that this is a group that can take it to everybody else. It, there's a systematic um, mission strategy, if you will, <laughs> but this group is there for a purpose. And I agree with that. It's almost like he, he's trying to train them. You know, mm -hmm. think about it. When, you, when you're getting ready to go out on a, in a big assignment, you know, everyone just doesn't get the assignment and just go out and do it. You know, you get together, you plan, you, you train, you, you study, you do all these things to prepare yourself. And so Jesus is trying to get across that, hey, there's preparation involved in mission work. It's not just, you know, directly to action, but there's preparation. You know, there's prayer, there's, there's fasting. There's so many facets to getting yourself ready to to go out into the, into the field. Mm -hmm. I fully, fully agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that it means anything, though, because, you know, who are, who are we? We're just people just talking about God, and, you know, that's just awesome within itself. So let me ask you this. What evidence from Jesus' earthly ministry demonstrates the importance of mission to non-Jewish peoples? Mm. I mean, there's some good stories. The woman at the well... Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to say that. You know, she's... <laughs> she took it. Right. <laughs> too slow, too slow. Well, there's the one we just read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. one. The healing of the centurion's son. Mm -hmm. Daughter. Daughter. Mm -hmm. Child. Mm -hmm. The yeah. healing of the centurion's <laughs> child. Of the child. Whoops. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's never a point in the in the story of Jesus that we stop and go, oh, he's willing to reach all of them except for. Mm -hmm. There's enough demonstration through all of the gospels that you don't doubt that he, you don't wonder if he had a limit. He's limitless in his interaction with people. And I believe that that, set, that was to set the example to others to understand that, look, no one's excluded from the gospel message. No one's excluded from salvation, you know, despite what you might think. Because when you, when you look at the Jews in that time, they felt like, hey, we're the only ones that have the truth. No one else is going to get it but us. Mm -hmm. You know, no one else is going to be saved when the Messiah comes <laughs> but us. <laughs> but the truth is, Jesus is here, was here for everyone, and he still is here for everyone. So, you know, it's important to see that as he goes through situations dealing with those who were Gentiles. Right. And, you know, it says, John 1.29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus' point was to take away the sin of the world, mm -hmm. not a group, not a sector, not a section, not one country, you know, not all who believe how... They, somebody wants you to believe. It's those who believe 
in Jesus right. and believe in what his point is. And he wants us to take from that and now be salt to the earth, not salt to, you know, only the rice <laughs> or salt only to the macaroni and cheese or salt to just to everything, flavor for everything. Mm -hmm. And so even within his story, he demonstrates it, but it's also very, it spells out what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to go about that. And Jesus took that and told us and demonstrated to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I, in fact, I just saw this verse here in uh, Matthew 11, 19, mm -hmm. where they accused Jesus of, you know, look, here's a friend of tax collectors and sinners, um, which I assume that probably had Gentile in there somehow. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you just see Jesus as somebody not concerned for his own reputation. Mm -hmm. He's just not worried about what anyone thinks about who he associates with. Um, he is there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see that in, in his choice of disciples too. You know, he, he chooses you know, some of the roughest people, some of the most <laughs> disliked people to be his followers. Mm -hmm. And you know, so that point goes across that Jesus is here for everyone. You know, there, there is no doubt about it. You know, if anyone mm -hmm. thinks that Jesus came for just one group of people, just read through, just read through the gospels. <laughs> You'll find out very quickly that everyone, that there was no one excluded except for the ones who chose not to. Yep. And it's, and it's all about a choice. Yep. It is all, all about a choice. And we have to choose daily, every day, what we're going to do. Are we going to continue to be with him and live for him and be missionaries for him? Or are we going to not? And, and, and it is a daily, daily choice. What should be our primary motivation as God's ambassadors for mission? Hmm. <laughs> so, People moved what, over there. I'm going to look over there. <laughs> well, Rob looked like he was about to answer, so I was going to give him the opportunity. But I, I think for me, my motivation is doing God's will. Hmm. You know, being able to be aligned with him. You know, ever since, you know, the fall of man from the Garden of Eden, you know, we've, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we're trying to get back connected with God and trying to get back intertwined with his, with his will. And so I think that's something for me that's really important, you know, in mission is doing his will, doing what, what he wants, not what I want. Because if I, if I got what I want, there'd be a million other things I probably would be doing and not mm -hmm. mission work. But because of what he wants, what his love for us, his, his plan of salvation, I want to go out and be a part of that. I want to be one of those, one of those people who are, you know, that when God sees me, that he's saying, well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bless God. Bless God. Yeah. And I think he's continually reaching out to all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think, in my perspective at least, that's going to happen no matter what. Like the Bible says, even if we don't praise him, he will get rocks to cry out mm -hmm. in our place. Yes. But I think he gives us that opportunity to partner with him, the opportunity to show his love for people. Mm -hmm. And there are times when there have been people that I've honestly stepped back and said, I can only say that the reason that I love them is because God has called me to love them. Mm. In and of myself, I probably wouldn't have gotten there. I'm too selfish, I'm too, lots of things. But mm -hmm. he often gives us the opportunity to go up to people and love them for him. Mm. And that's a gift to us, it's a gift to them, but it's also a gift to us that we get to 
be a part of that process, that he lets us be a part of that. Yeah, I think we, we have to, we have to believe that we have something that can actually make people's lives better right now. Mm. Um, and, and that, that should be a motivation that like, uh, you can actually have a positive impact on a person's life. Yeah. Um, you can help them today, right now. Um, unless you believe that it's good, unless it's helped you in some way, unless uh, it's enriched your life, then it's kind of maybe a duty or um, it's just a, a, sure. a job. Yeah, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and that makes me think, Rob, too, like as soon as you said that, I thought it's so natural for us to do that because how often do you go to a new grocery store that has an amazing range of fruits and veggies and you're going to all of your friends and saying, oh, you have to go to this store because everything's cheaper and everything's fresher. Mm. Or you go to a new dry cleaner and they everything comes back cleaner than you've ever seen it. And you're it's in us to go to people and tell mm. them that, oh, you're going to love this. It's going to make your life so much easier. New products, new places, all of that. We so readily will, will share that with our friends because we really think that it's going to make their life better. Mm. And if we really, truly believe that God is going to make people's lives better, like we know and we've experienced, it should be that same sort of, of experience for us. That same fervor and excitement yeah. because he has changed our lives and we know and we can see what he's done in us or people close to us or people around us or people that we see in, you know, revivals or so forth, how the Holy Spirit can just do such amazing things mm -hmm. that we want to take that and share with everyone. So it's not just a duty or just a chore and... We'll pray and then, okay, yes, God, who should we help today? Because I know, you know, we got to help somebody. But no, who can we help today? Who can we, share your, who can we share your good news with? Who can we go out and talk to? And it's exciting. It's exciting for us, even in the process of it, just to say, you know, I, there's, this, there's this man that I know. There's this, this man that I know. And when I met him, I was at such a place. But then he found me and he did this and he did that. And I know he could do it for you. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I see. So when I talk about missionary work and, and whatever, I feel sort of, um, well, completely unqualified to talk about it just because I've never, I, I don't feel as if I've done what other people, I feel like an inferiority because I've never <laughs> done real mission work, you know, out there suffering in, in the bush or whatever. <laughs> but I, I do see that I, I feel like my small piece of the mission work, at least right now, is to, in, in my church, in my small circle, is to um, provide acceptance for people that come in. Mm. Uh, my job is to accept the ones that come uh, and to treat them as best that I can. I feel that that's what Jesus did. Um, so it becomes easier to do that for other people when you've seen people, when people have done it for you mm -hmm. and when you recognize, you know, it might not be that easy for people to love me. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't like that person. They annoy me, you know, but 
what if what if I'm <laughs> annoying too, or what if I'm not kind too? Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. So it's it can be that uh, that returning of something that you've received mm -hmm. that can be your motivation mm -hmm. um, to do the same to others. And, and you and you brought up a point. Everybody, I I, I admire those missionaries who have been able to go out of the country or go to leave and to really do work in other places. It, that's a tremendous sacrifice and a tremendous job. But plenty of people may not have that opportunity. But wherever we are, we are missionaries. We are missionaries when we go into the grocery store. We are missionaries when we go into, when we go to school or we go to work or we go wherever we go. We are missionaries because we are representing Jesus Christ who saved us and so every interaction is an opportunity to bring the gospel and so we can bring the gospel just by how we live by being kind by allowing some things to go past and to just instead of reacting to pray and so it is bigger than just going into the fields it is just where we are in our homes and our daily lives um, let me ask you this in what ways can we make sure our mission to make disciples includes both physical and spiritual care? Well, I think first and foremost is when you're going to do any type of mission work, um, whether it's mission work in the traditional sense of going to another country or whether it's locally, it's talking with the individuals to find out what their real needs are. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what do you physically need? You know, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you need clothes? Do you need mm -hmm. shelter? And then once you've, you know, following that example that Jesus gave, he, he'd address the physical need and then the door is open for that spiritual need because it's all about relationship. You know, people are, are going to be receptive when you have established a relationship. Most people, if you walk up to them and say, you need Jesus in your life, are going to look at you <laughs> and go, okay. And even if they are Christian, they may look at you anyway and go, this person is crazy. <laughs> you don't just walk up to people and, and just and say that, but there are people that think that that's the appropriate way. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Jesus' example, he always made sure to find out what someone needs, and we have to do that too. Mm -hmm. You know, taking that time to hear the story, as I said earlier. Thanks, John. And you said before earlier, like a point of if somebody needs, if a child needs diapers and the mother says the child needs diapers, instead of just saying, I'll pray for you, if you have the money or you know anybody who has the money or you can or you can ask someone or anything, get the diapers. You know, Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs starts at the basic level, food, mm -hmm. shelter, water, you know, those basic things. Because yeah. if you're really hungry or you're really thirsty, can we really hear you <laughs> so, <laughs> talking so about true. Jesus? Because my belly is grumbling or I'm dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And so I really would like to hear it, but I can't. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. And, and Jesus, even, you know, when he was talking with, I believe it was the Pharisees saying, you know, hey, if, yeah, it's the Sabbath, but if your, your ox fell in a ditch, you aren't you, you going to get him out? <laughs> and, and I think sometimes we get so turned around about not doing things, you know, for others on the Sabbath, you know, not going and getting diapers or, or something that someone needs, but we need to address those things regardless mm -hmm. of the day. Thank you all so much for this wonderful discussion. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Janelle Phillip.